You're listening to the Disney One by One podcast, a chronological look at every Disney animated classic and beyond. Here's your host, Mike Rolfing. Hello and welcome to Disney One by One. This week, we're talking about Beauty and the Beast from 1991. This is the 30th movie on the list. Big 3-0. We're moving right along. Uh, and remember, you can check us out on the internet everywhere, Disney1x1. And if you could please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, we would love that. Joining me today, as always, is my brother David Rolfing. David, the the uh, Cogsworth to my Lumiere, welcome to the show. Mm, one of the better uh, <laughs> comparisons there. Hello, Mike. Thank you for having me back. You're welcome. And uh, joining us, a first-time guest, he's written a review on Apple Podcasts for us. It's Joe Bubinick. Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> I think we read well, your review a long time ago. Oh, yeah, you did. It was still <laughs> was cold Was it five outside. stars? Were you so uh, kind to give us five stars? I'm sure I did. <laughs> Yeah, had anything to do to get on here, right? <laughs> yeah, Joe asked me a long time ago to come on this show, and uh, he mentioned he mentioned Beauty and the Beast as one of his favorites. So, oh, yes. so, so here you go, do us proud. It's the first movie I remember seeing in a movie theater. Okay, I, don't, I guess ninety one, so I was six or seven. So it's kind of always you know had a big uh, connection to me. Yeah, that's great, and we'll certainly dive into that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You're in St. Louis, Missouri, correct, I think? Yes, yep, that's where I'm at, yes. I'm assuming you are, too. Yes, I am. <laughs> um, let's see, I am I own a painting company, I have a wife, and I have five children. I don't know what else is, there is to know. <laughs> are there a lot of Disney movies uh, playing at your house? So often. <laughs> and what I don't like is that it's the same one over and over until they finally are ready for a new one. So, uh, <laughs> what's the go to one right now? The go to one, I think, has been Moana and Wreck It Ralph lately. But I'm, <laughs> I like those <laughs> movies. I just, you know, after 17, 18 times in a row. <laughs> and then we have, a, you know, a DVD player in the van. So even when I'm driving, they're just. Oh, gosh. Uh, can't get away. <laughs> well, they could be they could be obsessed with the black cauldron, so you could you could be worse off. That's fair. <laughs> I've been I haven't seen it, but I've been te- uh, you know wanting to play it for them. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not sure if it'll terrify them or not. So. <laughs> we were we were not the biggest fans of that movie. Okay, all right, no, nope. well, that makes sense. So so Joe, your your Disney history. I so you just talked about how you saw Beauty and the Beast was one of the first movies you saw in the theater, if not the first. How else would you describe your history with Disney? You know, I mean, we had a whole slew of those uh, like huge VHS. I don't know. They kind of looked like books. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like we had every single one, but apparently not because we didn't have Black Cauldron or uh, Three Caballeros or any of the, uh, the weird mashup movies. Here, I, I just pulled the Beauty and the Beast one off my shelf. Exactly. I, I yeah, have the just... classic plastic uh, VHS. You can hear them here. You can hear it. Oh, can, it feels this, good. This classic <laughs> sound of the of the plastic VHS case opening. <laughs> what I did think was interesting is I'm also from a family of all boys. Yeah. But, like, we did have the princess ones, too. Um, and they, I don't know why, why we were interested. <laughs> Maybe we were into the mice, I guess, and Cinderella. Right. Well, your parents, your parents were trying to make sure you're what you were well-rounded. I guess so. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to the parks much. I know my parents took me when I was one, which I don't remember, but, uh, okay. I've been three times since I've been married. So, oh. yeah. All right. When, when was the latest? Uh, we went in November just, a, I guess, six months ago. Okay. What, what, what were the highlights? 
I, I always have to ask people about their Disney trips because I love it. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, you know, taking five children to Disney World, um, it was tiring. <laughs> um, you know, it was really awesome that, uh, like, the older four were able to go on the, uh, what is it, the the mine train yeah and seven so, doors yeah seven doors mine train so there's a, we, there's a pretty awesome uh, picture of me and the all four of them on that and uh so that was fun and i don't know like i just like being there and like looking at all the little um detail things within the design of the the park and rides and everything it's i don't know it's a lot of fun yeah i mean i could just walk around and not go on a ride and still be oh, entertained yeah. for at least at least half a day if not uh, longer for sure yeah so Joe, were you able to narrow this list of over 50 movies down to your top five, or are you going to cheat like some of our past guests? I would never <laughs> cheat. <laughs> I think you will remember from gym class that I was never a cheater. Were we in gym class together? Oh, yeah. oh man. Okay. First time I remember seeing you. <laughs> All three of us did go to the same high school here. That's true. Uh, yeah. Joe's, Joe is a few years older than me, so I... I Okay, I have vague, vague memories of that. I was less hairy then. All right, I will start with my number five, Sleeping Beauty. Okay. Uh, I don't know, the art and the, uh, I don't know, I liked how scary the Maleficent was. Number four is Rescuers Down Under. Uh, number three is Little Mermaid. Number two is Beauty and the Beast. All right. And number one. I'm sure you guys can guess. <laughs> uh, the the uh, uh, the three caballeros. <laughs> no, it's eleven. <laughs> I thought you were going to guess Lion King. So I... Yeah, I, well, I was going to, but then I thought I'd pick something funnier. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I should have said make mine music. That would have been. Oh man, yeah. Nobody's picked yeah. that one yet. No, no, they've not. <laughs> well, cool. Well, 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 we got Aladdin coming up next week, so can't wait to hear it. Before we move on, a few more iTunes reviews for you. I know it's been a while since I've read these. I apologize. I'm going to try to do better. So here's three for you. First, from France John. He, yes, he says, fun, great background on the movies, excellent production, love the sound clips, and the guests are great. Thanks for that, France John. And from Jekyll and Hyde, ooh. Started a family project to watch all the films in order and are now listening to the show after each movie. Really enjoy the commentary. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. Find the movies and follow along. And lastly today, from Art and Book Geek. This person says, I was browsing Instagram a week and a half ago when I stumbled across a sponsored post for this podcast. Curious, I searched for them and decided I'd give the first two episodes a try and see what I thought. I was hooked. I'm currently binge listening to the past episodes on my way to and from work. I'm on Lady and the Tramp right now. They're probably much further along because I haven't read these in a while. I may not always agree with Mike and Dave's views on the films. I'm a bit of a Fantasia nut, but it's always fun to get their perspectives on them. Just wait till Fantasia 2000. It'll get better. <laughs> and if you listening have not written a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts yet, please do that. And I promise I'll read it. It may take a little while, but we'll read it here on the show. And with that, we'll move on to Beauty and the Beast. And now, our feature presentation. Walt Disney Pictures presents its all-new 30th full-length animated motion picture. Is anyone here? Mama, there's a girl in the castle. Good. A girl. The classic story of beauty and the beast. So after Snow White was a hit in 1937, Walt started seeking out other ideas for movies. And one of those was Beauty and the Beast, which is a classic tale. He tried to develop it in the 30s and again in the 50s, but 
gave up because it was kind of too much of a challenge. One of the guys who ended up working on it said, it's a really tough story to to tell because it's basically about a girl who keeps being invited to dinner, asked to be married, and she says no. <laughs> there's, only, <laughs> there's only so many different ways you can, you can tell that without it getting boring. There was also a 1946 live action version. Was it by Disney? No, it was not by Disney, but it kind of discouraged uh, Walt from pursuing it further. Um, I believe it was a French, a French film. So way later in 1987, the year I was born, uh, there was a Disney animation studio, kind of a satellite office that was, that was uh, built in London in order to work on Roger Rabbit. And they brought on this guy named Richard Partham to start working on and developing Beauty and the Beast as a non-musical. Uh, Richard Partham's a British guy, and some of these, some of the main Disney animators, including Glenn Keane and some of the other big guys, were pretty excited to move to London to work with this British director who had a very unique style to his artwork. And and they moved there, they moved their families there, and some of the top, these top Disney crew members, they hired a screenwriter, which is very rare for an animated movie, especially back then, to actually write a script. They would often just storyboard and it's sort of a, a group effort to write these movies, but they hired this lady named Win- Linda Wolverton, Wolverton. To, to write the script. She had worked on such esteemed TV series as Star Wars Ewoks, the animated oh, series. Wow, I've seen that. <laughs> and Dennis the Menace and the Berenstein Bears and My Little Pony and Chippendale. And they brought her in to write this screenplay, which again was, was a very rare thing. Walt, Walt would never write screenplays. They would just put storyboards on walls and, and sort of work workshop or to write the story they had this screenplay and they storyboarded it and this was a couple years now in 1989 after well after six months of work in london they had created this sort of much darker version of beauty and the beast than what than what it eventually became and jeffrey katzenberg was one of the executives at the studio at the time saw this and scrapped it and told them to start over (laughs) so so after six months of work and moving to london they uh that director partum resigned and uh they they invited ron and john the guys who directed little mermaid to work on this movie but they said no they turned it down because they were too tired from little mermaid and so they brought on first time directors kirk wise and gary truesdale Hmm. on to direct this movie they had only done a short animated film at epcot it was called cranium command and this was a short film that played in the wonders of life pavilion which is now a, a shell of its of its former self they had directed this movie called Cranium Command, and they were brought on as quote-unquote acting directors, which meant they basically just had to do whatever the studio told them to do until they could prove their worth. Yeah. They also brought in Alan Menken and Howard Ashman, who had did all the music from Little Mermaid, now, now award-winning composers and songwriters, to turn this into a Broadway-style musical. So as, as I said, in London, it was not a musical, and now they were turning it into a musical with the help of Ashman and Menken. Um, so Ashman, Mencken, Wise, Truesdale, Don Hahn, the producer, and Linda, the writer, were all working on this together in New York, and they somehow put this amazing movie together, uh, at least the script and the story. Yeah. So being based in New York now, they decided to cast this like a Broadway show. They wrote it like one, and now they're casting like one, and they, they auditioned Broadway folks <laughs> from, from the heart of New York City. And there's not a lot of big names in this movie if you go through the cast. But the voices are all so iconic. <laughs> yeah. Because of this change in the story and the style of the movie, they, they went from their typical four years of, of development and production to two. So this movie was quite rushed. 
most of the animation was done in California at their Glendale Studios. Some of it was done at, at MGM Studios in Florida, where you could take a tour of the studio at the time and probably see some of this in, in production. It was the second film after Rescuers Done Under to use the digital CAPS system, which was a system developed, developed by Pixar, where they could digitally scan in their drawings, color them, paint them, composite them with backgrounds, and do most of that in the computer. And it allowed for a ton more detail than some of these movies from the 60s and 70s we'd been through, and even 80s, because they were using this this rudimentary Xerox process, which we've talked quite a bit about on this show. So now using computers and the aid of CG in a number of scenes, including the big ballroom scene, it was it's quite a dynamic and colorful movie. Back to the music. Uh, Ashman and Mencken wrote these amazing songs. They were actually, re they recorded them, most of them live with the orchestra and the voice cast at the same time, which is really never done anymore, but to make it feel more like a Broadway production. Whether that just, just the energy in the room <laughs> led to that or what, I'm sure it wouldn't have sounded that different, but it's an interesting twist on recording these songs. So this movie originally released at the New York Film Festival on September 29th, 1991 in, its, in an unfinished form. They called it a work in progress print. Like it was like 70% complete. Hmm. And they were very worried about doing this, but I believe one of the executives at Disney suggested it and the audience loved it. It was still good enough in like storyboarded, half animated wireframe mode that people just loved, just loved it. And about two months later, it premiered in Hollywood and then uh, expanded uh, November 22nd uh, around the country. It was the number three movie of 1991 behind T2, Judgment Day, <laughs> Terminator 2, and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, both great movies. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'd, I'd argue against Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> oh, man. It's, uh, I mean, it's no men in tights, but yeah. <laughs> and it was the first animated movie to make over $100 million in its initial run. It eventually grossed like over $400 million. The song Beauty and the Beast won Best Original Song at the Oscars. The Bell uh, opening song and, and Be Our Guest were both nominated as well. And Alan Menken won for Best Original Score, cleaning it up. It was the first animated film to ever be nominated for Best Picture, which is amazing. Do you know how many have been? Uh, well, it was the only one until they expanded the Best Picture nominees to more than five. Uh -huh. And so since then, I believe Up was nominated for Best Picture as, as well as Toy Story 3. That makes sense. But Beating These was the only one when they only had five nominees to be nominated, which is a huge deal. But it lost to Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I think that was a good movie too. <laughs> quite, quite a contrasting movie. That also, yeah. <laughs> can you do? Can you do a? Uh, can you give me a Anthony Hopkins impression? Hannibal Lecter impression? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that's, that's all I can ever think of. <laughs> I ate his liver with fava beans. Yeah, you, you got it. <laughs> It did win the Golden Globe for Best Musical or Comedy, but the Golden Globes don't count, so I don't, I don't need to get into that. <laughs> it was turned into a Broadway musical, which was, which was fantastic. Actually, I have some gripes about that, which I can get to. Um, and the live-action film in 2017, starring Emma Watson, Dan Stevens, Luke Evans, Emma Thompson, Josh Gad, Kevin Klein, Ian McKellen, Ian McGregor, and Stanley Tucci, among others. In the theme parks, Joe, you're a big theme parks guy. Where I can like you, the Disney World, that's where, about where, it. Where can you find Beating the Beast? David, uh, well, David, oh, you can David? chime in too if you know. Oh, well, there's a restaurant called Be yes. Our Guest. Nailed it. Uh, which we went to. It was yeah. pretty good. Uh, <laughs> now, Did of course, I'm blanking. <laughs> there's no, there's no ride. All right, no ride. Yeah. Is there Disney Paris? Is there a castle for them there? Uh, no. So I believe at Magic Kingdom, there's the Enchanted Tales with Belle, like the meet and oh, greet. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you do I've that? Done that. Yeah. And they have like an animatronic Lumiere that talks to you? Yeah, they do. It's pretty awesome. 
Um, and that's all I could think of besides currently they're developing a new Beauty and the Beast dark ride for Tokyo Disneyland, which looks incredible. What's you a dark know? ride? Like it's you just mean it's dark in there or what? Well, no, a dark ride is like is like uh, like Snow White or Winnie the Pooh. Like you ride in a vehicle and you you go through scenes. Yeah, yeah, okay, interesting. That'd be cool with animatronics and stuff. And if you look up videos of the the one they're developing for Tokyo, it is amazing. Like full size animatronics of Belle and the Beast that look real. Awesome. It's incredible. I like Mike, that. you missed one big one. Okay. Gaston's Tavern, snacks oh, and sandwiches. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and you I've can, been there you every can, time. Yeah, and you can get LeFou's brew. Oh yeah, I have not. I have not. But no. Joe, did you try the gray stuff? We did try the gray stuff, and uh, it was indeed delicious. And no matter how hard we how hard we tried and begged and pleaded, they would not tell us what it was. Really? Yeah, I don't remember. It's been a few years since it was I had some that. weird mousse. I, it was gray for sure. I don't yeah. know what it was. It's just some kind of icing or mousse on top of a cupcake, yeah. Mm -hmm. An edible cupcake, or, or uh, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a it's in a cup that you can eat the cup. That's got what it, it is. got it. Yeah. <laughs> no, the restaurant's really cool. Other than it being like the most popular thing there and super crowded, but yeah, if you can get a reservation or, or, or get in line early, it's, you basically eat in in the ballroom. And yeah, they have they have wind they have windows. I'm doing air quotes that look out onto a snowy snowy exterior, and then you can also eat in the West Wing. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It was really cool. They had a it was Christmas time when we were there, right after Thanksgiving. So they had it all decked out. All right, so David, that's about all I got. I can I can add more of this when we're talking about the movie. Do you have any more fun facts to contribute to this? Yeah, one more uh, Parks thing. There's a Beauty and the Beast live stage show at Hollywood Studios. Yes, I guess that's still so. there, isn't it? Yeah, besides besides that, um, a couple of fun facts. The beast is a combination of a buffalo, a lion, and a boar, and a wolf, and a bear. <laughs> they just mash together all of the scary creatures to create him, basically. Um, the prince's name was never mentioned in the movie, but they did give him a name for the Broadway musical, Prince Adam. They reused the dancing animation from the Sleeping Beauty dancing scene for the dancing ballroom scene in this movie at the very end, not yeah. the ballroom. Yeah, like, kind of the wide, yeah. the wide shot at the end where they're dancing yeah, in we, the ballroom. Yeah, when he's in yeah. human form. And then Belle is the only resident of her village who's wearing blue. So that's how they made <laughs> her stand out. <laughs> she's also the only one without a French accent. <sighs> That's true. <laughs> and she's the first brunette Disney princess and one of the few Disney princesses that are not teenagers. She's in her 20s. Ah, interesting. Oh, I, I have a fun fact. Go for it. Okay. The moment I saw this, I wanted to be the beast and I'm still working on it. <laughs> I don't care what kind of warthogs or whatever. I just, man, he was like my Disney princess that I wanted to be like. <laughs> You got the flow going a little bit. I mean, I can't get the hair to come up any higher, like to yeah. cover my forehead and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you guys yeah. can't see Joe, but he's got quite the beard going on here. If you were growing hair out of your forehead, that would be a disorder of some kind. I think it's called werewolf syndrome. Uh, you know what? And if I could get it, I would like to. <laughs> and, I mean, there's like TLC shows about people who have that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I've seen that. I would before. also have a TLC show. That's that's fine. Yeah, if that's what where, I have to do. Where you go to Ripley's, believe it or not, and they have. Like a wax figure of a kid who's just completely covered in hair who's got that that syndrome, yeah. Ooh, so lucky. This holiday season, share the fun, the magic, and the music of an entertainment event you'll never forget. 
Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Uh, before we dive into our, our, our current reviews of this movie, Joe, you said this was most likely the first movie you saw in a theater. What were sort of your preconceived notions of this movie before watching it again? Did you remember a lot of it or had it been a long time since you'd seen it? You know, I haven't watched, sat down and watched it, but it's played around a lot at the house. Um, there is a uh, particular line in it where uh, Belle refuses to eat with the beast. And so what his response is a common uh quotation from my wife and I well then go ahead and starve you know because <laughs> uh, kids are always refusing to eat vegetables or something so that's that's pretty common um, do, you, do you yell that to your children <laughs> no it's just you know after after they've left you know we'll, we'll just quote it to each other <laughs> uh, yeah there's um, <laughs> I always there's uh, when the beast is he's like I want I want to do something nice for Belle and I this always gets me. Cogsworth is like, well, there's always flowers, chocolates, promises you don't intend to keep. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I always like that. Um, uh, yeah, funny. I mean, the music really stands out to me. Um, I like that a lot. The characters are always fun. I don't know. There's something fun about uh, whatever. They, oh, man, I hope this isn't racist or well, they're white people, I guess. But, well, you know, uh, like there's always something fun about you know, mimicking Lumiere's accent, you know? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that's fine. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, and he's <laughs> smooching the, the duster lady. I don't know. It's just it's fun. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. All right, David, I, I know I watched this a lot as a kid. Did you watch it as well or was it before you were around? I mean, I definitely seen it before. So, yeah, I, wa I watched it as a kid. I mean, I think the things I remembered most were probably the songs just because they've been so played over and over again at the Disney parks and, and Disney musical tapes that we watched and everything. I knew what would happen at the end. It's kind of obvious, but <laughs> I didn't know what happened in the middle. I know that you... <laughs> had a weird obsession with Gaston as a child <laughs> and had a Gaston-themed birthday party. Which You're I'm ruining sure my history, David. You're going to mention. <laughs> no, I'm allowed to say it for you because I was, I was like two at the time, probably. You might but not have been around. How old were you? Well, this movie came out in 91, so I was four, and you weren't born yet. So it depends okay, on precisely. home video. <laughs> yeah, it depends on precisely when my guests on birthday party was, which I would assume might have been my fifth birthday based on the timing of this. Were you trying to eat four dozen eggs? No, but I believe we had a cake that had... We, there was this lady that went to our church in Connecticut where we used to live who was like a professional cake decorator and baker. And so... Every year, our mom would get this beautifully decorated cake with which with, with with whatever image we want on it. And that year, I got guest on on a cake. I am. I do really want to be able to try and eat five dozen eggs in a sitting. I don't think I can do it. Not now that I'm you know full grown. I'd like to eat five dozen eggs. I don't think I can do it though. Yeah, that would have that would have been uh, more more in tune with the theme of the party if we'd all just ate whole whole <laughs> eggs. But yeah, whole eggs and beer. That might not have been good on on five year olds. Uh, gastrointestinal systems so <laughs> That's fair. so so yes i i watched this movie a ton as a kid and was a big fan of it apparently based on my birthday party and going back and watching it again i'd seen it relatively recently because i bought the blu-ray when it came out and watched it and certainly the songs are are stuck in my head for life <laughs> tale as old as time <laughs> it's no that was, it's beautiful thank I you love it so much thank you. i mean not, not so they're not necessarily that rendition but i do love the song no specifically my rendition <laughs> 
So, so yeah, I've always been uh, I've always been a big fan of Beauty and the Beast, and I was really excited to watch it again and see if that still held up. Okay, Beauty and the Beast. Joe, you've watched it again. It mm-hmm. may have been a little bit, a little while. So, what was your initial reaction? The uh, the animation really stuck out to me. I was, I guess, the, a lot of them from my childhood always feel the same: Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast. But um, there were some things about, like even the opening where it, it pushes through some trees, like a really, you know, oh, that's a. Thing. I, I know you've talked about the camera zooming through levels yeah. of animation, but um, that that really stuck out to me this time. That's sort of like a, a, cl- a classic way they open these movies. Find some great scenery <laughs> and zoom in through it. <laughs> and it's, it's all so awesome. I love it. But this one had a stained glass window. Oh, that yes, that as well. Yeah, so that, that's... A, we uh, When we did go to see it in the theaters when I was six or seven or whatever, we were late and I missed the previews. And I remember being upset and walking in on the... It was already playing. There's a stained glass <laughs> window on there. Oh, no. <laughs> so now my wife has to put up with me wanting to be like half hour early to movies. Right. Well, now with reserved seats, it, it makes it it makes it much easier to like roll in during the second to last preview. Oh yeah, that's nice. That's, that's, that's the way. That's the way I roll. If I can get in there when the if I can walk in as the AMC intro is playing, you know, between mm. the previews and the movie, that's like that's prime. Oh, all right. The one where the guy tosses the popcorn and it like falls all over him. Have you seen that? <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah, I'm, I'm there. Uh, that's where we go. We have re- Regal Cinemas in yeah, Denver. Regal. So, okay. Yeah. Different we used to previews. have one. I think they removed the popcorn tossing guy because too many people were doing that in real life. I made a mess. <laughs> Jerks. That's right. You're supposed to eat it. Anyway, David, David, give me your sort of initial thoughts upon watching Beating the Beast. I was expecting to love this movie. I think a lot of our guests and you have all said that this is one of your favorites of all time. I was actually disappointed in this movie and didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. I think part of that is... Like, none of the protagonists are very likable or relatable. What? Um, Belle <laughs> is just a boring book addict. <laughs> the Beast is a jerk for most of the movie until the last, like, literally, like, three minutes. Um, her dad is just, a, like, a bumbling doofus who needs to be saved. The only likable characters are the, uh, the you know, the mansion... Or servants what you call them workers the household object characters which have that which carry most of the humor of the movie and i think they're they're pretty funny lumiere and cogsworth and chip chip has some cute moments too but besides that i mean in gaston i mean villains are supposed to be hateable i guess but he is he is extra messed up in this movie <laughs> he's basically a predator yeah preying on bell so I don't know. Like those are I guess that's like my major complaint. There's just nobody that I really just like loved as a character that I cared about and having seen this before and having it be so prominent in culture like the ending was obvious that I knew he turned into a human again. So that wasn't like a surprise there for me. Maybe if I didn't know that and I hadn't seen this before it would have been a bigger reveal, but those are some of my initial thoughts. <laughs> I was struck by how well developed the romance in it was. It's <laughs> uh, like a lot of them are just like, you know, somebody sees somebody else. Whoa, they're attractive. I'm in love. And this one was like, they spent time together. You had this montage of them 
you know, he saves her from the wolves. He, you know, yeah, he, he, tries to, he has a heart. He tries to use a spoon, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but like you really see like, oh, like you just see it on both of their face. They express like I there's there's something here that wasn't there before. huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it is one of the more well-developed love stories. I'll give it that. Also, um, unrelated to that, I am wondering how many people Maurice's inventions have maimed and or killed. Uh, <laughs> just judging by how dangerous that wood chopping machine, <laughs> chopping and flinging large pieces of wood. Man, I just, you know. Well, and due to how, how directionally challenged he is. Exactly. Yeah. This, I, I think Quentin Tarantino could direct that prequel about Maurice's invention life. Yeah, well, his little hut resembles the hut from the beginning of *Inglorious Bastards*. Yeah, it sure so you, does. you just you just get you get Christoph Waltz to to interrogate Maurice, hide a contraption in the basement, I think and, see, right. and see what happens. Yeah, see what happens. Oh man, I can't wait. And then bring in Gaston with a baseball bat, and oh, we got a, we, man, we got yeah. a great mashup. We got a great mashup there. I like this where this is going. I was I was trying I was gonna to try to do a Brad Pitt and Glorious Bastards impersonation mm. quoting Gaston, but I don't know if I can if I can get that far. Bonjour. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> so Beating the Beast, I watched it again as well in preparation for this show, and it just it, I think it just grew my love of this movie. From the opening narrator, which is just classic Disney, which we haven't had for a few movies. I was happy to have that back, to the incredible animation, the detail and the just the the color of the animation to just, I mean, the score is incredible. Oscar winning, obviously. Alan Menken knocks it out of the park. These songs, that opening song, there goes the picker, da, 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 all, the, all the people chiming in, like just, I can't imagine like writing something like that and it all coming together. It's just one one scene after another. Sure, Gaston's weird, but Belle like fends him off pretty yeah. darn well like she holds her own i am weirded out by those triplet sisters that like yeah that is a lot <laughs> you all want him like what you can't all have him what is this? i mean i don't know what france was like in that time but i'm guessing they weren't mormon so <laughs> sister wives <laughs> yeah it's not happening uh, triplets sorry Those triplets reminded me, too, of... Uh, Joe, are you familiar with Little Shop of Horrors? Mm-hmm. Uh, which was written by Howard Ashman and Alan Menken, the music. And there are there is a group of three singers that chime in throughout Little Shop of Horrors. Interesting. Um, so it's sort of a trope that, they, that they've passed on to, to Beating the Beast. That's cool. I like that. But yeah, I mean, and then you, once you get to that castle, we meet all those characters. We get Be Our Guest. I mean, it's just one thing after another. Even, like, the Something There song is fantastic. And... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think the Gaston scene is in song is hilarious. And oh, yeah. Just one scene after another, which I think we we should start diving into before we run out of time here. But yeah, I mean, I just as a whole really like this movie, and I think I think uh, it is certainly a classic, and is certainly going to live in my top ten. So with that, let's uh, dive into some details. What do you guys got? What do we notice? Gaston and the um, and the Beast have the same eyes. I feel like, huh. and I wonder if they were trying to, you know, just the same blue. I don't know if the same shape, but I just it struck me. I wonder if they were trying to show two different sides of something there, or yeah. some similarities, and that's what the Beast was changing from. I, I'm not sure, but uh, that struck me. 
Yeah, that is really interesting. Um, one thing I wanted to note, I mentioned earlier the Broadway musical, and I don't want to talk about it too long, but the one thing about Beating the Beast I do not like is the Broadway musical. I don't know if either of you, if either of you have seen it. Uh, I mean, it's obviously, it's the same story, but they make the Beast into this just like pansy of a character. <laughs> he's the comic, he's like the comic relief of the show. Really? And he's a little bit in the movie, like the spoon thing you were talking about and that sort of thing. And when he sort of loosens up a little bit, but it's like to another level in the musical. And it's like, it's like embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I took, I took my wife to see it at the Fox theater here in St. Louis a few years ago. And like, I was very surprised by how they portrayed the beast in the show. So he's not like the dangerous creature he's more of like a sad creature. he is he is initially but then very soon into it they just kind of make him this sort of kind of a wimp interesting like a little puppy dog when and, they were with that snowball fight they had they're having a snowball fight and he picks up this massive snowball and that if he had hit her with he would have killed her <laughs> fortunately <laughs> she hits him right in the face and he just falls and drops it on his own head but man yeah well that was lucky lucky, lucky for her I yeah guess. lucky for bell and lucky for us because we got the rest of the movie and the uh christmas movie that's based in the middle of this i don't know if you guys have seen i have not but i'm i'm somewhat familiar with it yeah tim curry is the bad guy what's the character he's uh an organ oh Oh, i have seen that it's weird it's like it's set right in the middle of the movie i've never done this but you could watch beauty and the beast stop in the middle turn this movie on and finish beauty and the beast (laughs) well there's also a lion king one and a half which i think is the same idea it like takes place when simba's with timon and pumbaa hanging out in the jungle I mostly just remember the trailer of that, of Timon and Pumbaa trying to figure out what to name it. <laughs> Lion King 2. I have memories of that too. No, no, yeah, there is a 2. Okay. Yeah, that's, 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 pulling, that's a deep cut there. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. Three? What's with the three? No, no, no. The three has got to go. Timon, you can't use two. There's already been a two. I, I watched that one more than the original as a kid. What, the Christmas <laughs> the, movie or Lion King Beauty, 1 and a half? Beauty and the Beast 2. What's it called? The Enchanted Christmas. Oh, that is. No. Okay, yeah. And Tim Curry plays the organ. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's vague, vague memories here. He's trying to get in as many Christmas movies as he can, I guess. <laughs> Home Alone 2. Beauty and the Beast 2. Man, he's got a theme here. I was trying to think of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's a Christmas movie, isn't it? No. Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David, I'm sure you have some other things to say because you didn't like this movie. What do you got? I, I really like the theme song that in the one that everyone thinks of when they think of this movie. I didn't enjoy some of the other musical songs that they sang. And I know both you love them, so I can't really do anything. It's just a personal taste, I guess. And I, I'm not the biggest fan of like Broadway musicals in general, and it definitely has that feel, especially the opening song, her walking through the town. Um, just something about that style is just like a little bit like corny to me. Incredible. And that's just the. That's just the vibe that a couple of the songs had in this movie. So I didn't enjoy those. Um, I really did like a lot of the interactions with Cogsworth and the other household appliances and objects. Um, I think that... I love how they disregarded him so much. Yeah, that was good. And 
the reveal at the end that they're human as well. I didn't know that that was going to happen, so that was a surprise. What about be our guest? Ma chère mademoiselle, it is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. And now, we invite you to relax, let us pull up a chair, as the dining room proudly presents your dinner. What about it? Do you like that scene? It was all right. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> all right. You, you, were the, you, were in the, you performed that song, David. What are you talking about? Lip sync. I was never in lip sync. Yeah, you were at the end. You're holding the fork. No. Yes, you are. <laughs> I was never... I was never in lip sync in high school. Yes, you were. I have footage of it. Ooh, <laughs> what awesome. grade? Senior year, you guys did Be Our Guest. And you like were like holding the fork or something. My class did that at some point. Were you in it? No, I was not in it. I oh. think it was my first. I only went there for 11th and 12th grade. Oh, okay. and I, it was my, I think it was my first <laughs> spirit week there. I'm like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> it blew my mind. Yeah, for those of you who have, did not attend Westminster Christian Academy in St. Louis, Missouri, they have this epic spirit week every year where every afternoon the students participate in various events, including a giant lip sync competition where each class puts on their own musical performance, lip syncing to a song, and Beating the Beast songs are, are, are very popular choices. There were full-size plates, and I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> it is beyond what you would expect for a high school production in a, in a gymnasium, for sure. And I was in Blue Man Stomp senior year, so I don't know how I could have been in lip sync. You just like came on at the end and like waved a banner or something like that. All right, maybe. I'll find maybe. the proof. I'll find the proof. Yeah, let's, let's get this online, please. <laughs> what were we talking about? Be our guest. Oh, I wanted to, I wanted to say something about the, the, the main theme, the Beating the Beast song, which, which won the Oscar that year. Tale as old as time True as it can be Barely even friends Then somebody bends Unexpectedly Apparently it was originally conceived as like a rock and roll song Which is really <laughs> odd um, But they changed it to a slow romantic ballad and they asked Angela Lansbury, who was the voice of Mrs. Potts, to sing it. And she heard the song or heard the sample of it and didn't think she would sound good on it and said that she didn't want to do it. But they convinced her to get in the studio and record it once just to test it out. Nice. And that's the version of it that, that is in the movie and won yeah, the Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> they tricked her into it. Yeah, which is, which is awesome. Winning an Oscar. Yeah. I mean, and it is her voice. I mean, talk about tugging the heartstrings of nostalgia there. As old as time Tune as old as song it is the best. And she was actually just in uh, Mary Poppins Returns. She makes a cameo at the end. That's right. And though I would have preferred that to be Julie Andrews, which I think who that character is originally uh, written for, uh -huh. uh, that was a, it was a good backup. Beauty and the beast. And then if we get the atrocious version of the song in the credits. <laughs> it is very smooth jazz or something. I'm not sure. So the, Disney began this this thing, I think, with this movie. Let me double check. I don't think they did it with Little Mermaid. 
and there were no songs in Rescuers Down Under. So, so they chose what they thought was going to be the most popular song in the movie, and then they hi- then they'd hire pop stars to record it. And in the case of Beauty and the Beast, they they brought in Celine Dion and Peebo Bryson. Peebo Bryson. Uh, <laughs> he, he was like a gospel singer in the '90s, and they released the sort of commercial single from the film. And believe it or not, it, it landed in the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100, and it won a Grammy. So, what do I know? Yeah, it's so, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's so 90s, though, and I'm it sure back then, sure no, one, no one batted an eye out at it, but today, it's just like, you couldn't play Angela Lansbury again for me, please? Nope, nope you didn't deserve it, I guess. But they do, this, they do the same with uh, Whole New World and, and Aladdin. I'm not sure about Pocahontas, but I'm sure I'm sure it happens in that because they still do it today. Even uh, like the credits of Moana, they had some pop singer sing uh, "How Far I'll Go." Oh yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah, we've got, and I know they did it in Frozen because that that one has been played here a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say you're lucky that the Frozen wasn't the favorite of your kids. I have two daughters, and uh, it for sure has been played a lot just just not recently but i am only there's you know the new one is coming out this year so i can only imagine how much yes. they both be played now yep it's coming back <sighs> and better than ever mm. <laughs> so this movie ends with a beautiful choir in classic disney form and as david said everything's back back to normal I think we can probably start wrapping this up unless we have any more uh gripes or, or praises for this movie uh i really liked when uh cogsworth went a little crazy in the house fight and he put on a <laughs> captain crunch hat and and attacked lefou with scissors that was pretty great well yeah i didn't mention how awesome the action is in this movie as oh, well yeah it's great like I, fe- I felt like at the beginning there was a lot of visual jokes and then there wasn't as they the romance developed and then in that big fight scene between the household objects and the people like there was a lot of funny silly stuff there were definitely some deaths in that fight like a guy walks into a kitchen full of knives and they just <laughs> go at him yeah. and cogsworth cogsworth is shooting like a pistol at people too yeah that that trunk ate a guy <laughs> he burped afterwards <laughs> There's a there's another little shop of horrors reference. You got oh, the, uh, the, oh, I bet you're right. Yeah, feed yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we've missed a lot of things in this, but we've been talking long enough. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention: that library was amazing. My wife has always wanted a, a wall full of books like that, but that ladder was so high. That's exactly what I thought. That was not safe. <laughs> nope. I have to carry insurance for owning a paint company, and my insurance would not let me paint at that library. <laughs> <laughs> you so you have you have great ladder knowledge. Mm, yeah, it uh, was not safe. <laughs> what's the what's the tallest ladder you have? Uh, it's 26 feet or something like that. Yeah. So you'd only reach like the fifth shelf. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. If that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there may be something there that wasn't there before. All right. Well, let's wrap this up and give our final thoughts. Joe, as our esteemed guest, mm-hmm. it is your responsibility to come up with a rating system based on Beating the Beast. So, uh, what do you got? Okay, I'd, 
the number is just going to be 10 because I like I like doing it out of 10, but it's okay. 10 horribly enslaved servants. Okay. So uh, give me your rating out of 10, horribly enslaved servants, and then give us your final thoughts. I'm giving it 9 out of 10. I, you know, I don't know if... I'm sure, I'm sure that the nostalgia has certainly affected me on some of my favorites of Disney movies, but um, I think just wanting, just really wanting to be the beast, like really liking that, ooh, that, you know, kind of animal <laughs> look. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I know it sounds silly, but for sure, like that, that affected me as a child. And like, I wonder how much that has turned into me being really hairy <laughs> um, part genetics as well well okay that's fair yeah i get it from my mom she always says um <laughs> it's funny it's serious you know it's romantic it's i think it's a really really great movie it's not my favorite but it's uh i said it's second on my list and i feel like it's really great yeah david i'm, I'm curious what you're giving this so out of 10 and horribly horribly enslaved servants yeah yep. thank you i give it a 7.85 that's Ooh, still right. not that's still pretty good yeah that's not bad yeah i mean there's definitely things i can appreciate about the movie the newer use of like the swooping cameras and the computer animation i definitely noticed that it's it's a really good looking movie and the copy that you gave us mike the hd copy it looks really good i don't know how it looked on a VHS tape back in the day, but <laughs> what we well the, well, the left and right would have been chopped off and uh -huh. it would have been kind of grainy and yeah. 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 Well, the copy we had looked very good. Uh, the, the main theme song is an incredible song and I, that, I definitely have like a nostalgic place in my heart for that. The action was cool. I liked some of the development of their love story, but I didn't like a lot of the characters. So that's why I give it a 7.85. Okay. Uh, out of 10 horribly enslaved servants, I'm going, I'm going 9.5, baby. Oh, wow. Wow. All right. <laughs> I mean, this is as close to perfect as you can, as you can get. I didn't go far enough, I guess. Yeah. I yeah. mean. 9.6 for me. 9.6. We're one-upping each other yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I've voiced it throughout this. Certainly nostalgia plays a factor, but there's also a reason why this movie is nominated for best picture mm -hmm. when there are only five nominees. I mean, from beginning to end, it is it is so masterfully crafted from the music to the animation to the story itself. I mean, we talked I talked at the beginning how Walt Disney himself struggled to develop this story from its original uh, incarnation because it was it was difficult. And somehow over the years of development, the, the toiled years of development we talked we talked about earlier, they managed to pull this out of from somewhere. And it is. A classic of all classics it is an incredible movie so i think i'll just end it there with that joe bubinick thank you so much for joining us hey no problem thanks for having me and david as always thank you for joining us for joining me and me looking <laughs> up a quote <laughs> he never has the quote ready what accent does cogsworth have french uh, no. kind of british yeah if it's not Baroque, no, that's French. <laughs> Whatever, I'll go with it. If it's not Baroque, don't fix it. <laughs> and then he does a little pathetic little laugh. That's a good one. Yeah, I think I wrote that line down as one of my favorites. Yep. Uh, and Joe, how about how about one more beast quote? One more beast quote. Uh, did I do a beast quote? Yeah, you said it's the dinner quote again. The dinner quote. The dinner quote. Yeah, you said. Then the naked star. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, then go ahead and starve. Yeah, like that. <laughs>
All right, we'll end it there. Remember, you can find us everywhere on the internet at Disney1x1. And of course, please leave us a rating and review. Don't give us two stars because of David's uh, Beauty and the Beast rating. Just just rate the overall show. Yeah, it's incorrect <laughs> rating, yeah. And we'll be back next week with, oh, another classic of all classics. We are, we are just in the thick of it here. Aladdin, 1992. So we will see you then. Goodbye. Bye-bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Disney One by One podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions, send us an email to Disney1x1 at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Disney1x1 and at Disney1x1.com. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode of the Disney One by One podcast. If you haven't seen this movie, if you haven't seen it in a while, here's a quick recap of Beating the Beast in 60 seconds. Even though I've kind of stopped doing those. <laughs> what? Oh, no. They take so long to do. No, it only takes 60 seconds. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> uh, if I have time, I'll do it. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Have you, you haven't released an episode without it, though, right? You just haven't noticed. No, I guess I didn't miss it. <laughs> yeah. They're cool. I really like it. It just, I mean, it takes a long time to write it. Mm. And then it's not it doesn't take that long to put it together, but they just take a long time to write pro- yeah. to write well. So I just been kind of skipping it. Bye.